0: Hello and welcome to Encounter Church Cape Town. We're so excited that you can join us for this message and we speak God's abundant blessing upon you, your families and all of your spheres of influence as you do so. Enjoy as you engage with God. So it's in Galatians 5, and 23, it says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. So before I kick into my message, I just want to share a little story. One, one of the, the fun parts of being um, in kids' ministry is that we get to to spend time with such precious little kids that have no filter and just just speak out what's really on their heart. So um, at Hill at Hillside Church, we were also doing the this, this series of the Fruit of the spirits with the kids, and it was actually in my mom's class. She teach yeah she was teaching the the grade ones, which is little six year olds, and we were doing the the fruit self control. <laughs> And, yeah this, yeah, this one little boy put up his hand and he said, yeah, he takes a tablet for self-control. <laughs> yeah. and it is too precious, yeah. So I was like, oh, maybe he should pass some of those around. Maybe he needs to bring them to, to church on a Sunday. But, yeah, as Colin said, um, I'm going to speak on, on love. And the title of, of my, my message today is, So What's Love Got to Do With It? Yeah. yeah so yeah exactly so what i'm going to share with you today um, is actually part of my own personal journey so when brendan said we were doing the fruit of the spirit, um, i knew that i had to speak on love because it's it's an area in my life that god has really worked on and i've experienced such personal transformation in this area so i'm just going to share a little bit of what god has shown me And then also, strangely enough, it's a subject that God's really laid on my heart, probably over the last two, three months, from a prophetic point of view, and I'll also touch on that a little bit later. Okay, so what does love look like practically? All right. So for most of us, I think we've grown up watching the soap operas and reading love stories like, you know, from Daniel Steele. And, yeah, then life happens, and um, you realize that actually life's not like that. It's not like Days of lives, are Bold and the Beautiful, you know what I mean? And, and love actually doesn't look like that, right? So, yeah, we are, we are misguided, I think, to believe that that is the only way that love presents itself. And yes, it does look like that, and there is a space for that. But that's not really how love is described and unpacked in the Bible, So love is actually not a feeling love is a choice so i'd like to unpack what it says in the word about love and what that looks like practically for us today so in the in the bible there are four types of love which i didn't know until i started preparing for this word so the first one and it's all the greek translations um, and what they mean so the first one is called eros and it refers to the primal physical romantic or passionate love and that is seen in Ecclesiastes 9 verse 9 but I'm not going to read that scripture out loud I'm going to leave that all up to you to go and have a look and read that one and then you get you get the love called um, storge and that is called and um, that is refers to unconditional familial love it's the love of parents and children And that refers to like a deep and caring bond that develops naturally between parents and their children, between husbands and wives and siblings, but also others that are close enough to be called family. So storge love is a protective love that can withstand hardships and trials. So the word which is opposite to that is a word it says it's astorge which appears in the Greek translation of Scripture, which means without natural affection. And in Romans one thirty one, it talks about talks about being heartless and merciless. So other examples of the Scripture um, we're in the Bible that refers to this kind of love is in Exodus twenty twelve, and it says, "Honor your father and your mother, that your days may be long in the land that the Lord." God is giving you. In Romans 12:10, it refers to love one another with brotherly affection, outdo one another in showing honor. In 1 John 3:16, it says, "By this we know love, that He laid down His life for us, and we ought to lay down our our lives for the brothers." So this kind of love is also shown in a obviously in a church family environment because we are brothers and sisters in Christ and we are united by the same Father in heaven. So how can we practically show love to our church family members? We can pray for them, we forgive them, we don't be afraid of the truth, we lead by example, so we we'll also be a good role model. We help one another and learn about this kind of love by demonstrating it. And this also speaks into discipleship. Then you get another love called philia. So that is also just warm, affection or friendship and refers to friends and equals. So in 2 Peter 1.7, it speaks about and to godliness, mutual affection, and to mutual affection, love. 1 Peter 1.22 says, now that you have purified yourselves by obeying the truth so that you have sincere love for one another Love one another deeply from the heart. 1 Peter 3 verse 8 said, Finally, all of you be like-minded, be sympathetic, love one another, be compassionate and humble. So I think that that's really good practical ways of us to show love. It doesn't look like the soap is right? And then there's the one that we all know, is the agape love sacrificial, unconditional love of God, love of mankind. That is the highest level of love. It is pure, it is selfless, and it's God's love for us. And it's the love that Jesus displayed, obviously, when he died for us on the cross, and he took place for, for our sins. So, so what does the word say to us? So there's, and love appears in the Bible so many times, I actually try to find a number, but I've got different answers on Google but you know, so I don't think Google even knows. But there's, there's some very clear sort of scriptures that instructs us on how to love. In John fifteen twelve it says, "'My command is this, love each other as I have loved you.'" In Galatians five thirteen fourteen, 14, it says, "'For you were called to be free, brothers and sisters, only don't use this freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but serve one another through love for the whole law is fulfilled in one statement love your neighbor as yourself in 1 john 4 9-11 this is how god showed his love among us he sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him this is love not that we loved god but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. In Ephesians 5.25, verse 26, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her to make her holy, cleansing her with the washing of water by the word. And in the word, that's the only instruction that God actually gives to husbands, is to love your wives. In 1 Corinthians 13, four to seven, it says love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, and always perseveres so love looks like being patient being kind not boastful it's not full of envy it does not dishonor it's not easily angered and it also looks like grace and I kind of feel that almost to unlock any of those characteristics you almost need love first Love's gotta come first before you can be patient, before you can be kind, before you can not easily be angered. And I feel like you also almost needed to have grace. Grace is a power that God willingly gives us to help us to do what we could never do on our own. So I just wanna share a little bit of my own personal story um, in this area. So I keep journals, um, of when god speaks to me so when i was preparing this story i went back in my journal to look when god actually showed me this picture and it was in march 2015. so i'm a very black and white person i don't operate in the gray um the rules are the rules the word is the word and that's just how it is but unfortunately that meant that i probably was a little bit judgmental in the past so during this particular time in my life, um, I was really wrestling with something. And I was wrestling and wrestling and just not finding the answer. And I got up in the middle of the night because I couldn't sleep. And I said to God, I'm not going back to sleep or to bed until I hear your voice clearly in this area. I need to hear from you. And we were living in Bothers Hill at the time, and Both's Hill is in the mist belt. So that particular night the mist was really thick and I opened up my curtains in my room. I had a beautiful window um, ceiling to floor windows and the mist was really thick up to the window. And I sat on the floor in my room and I was looking out into the mist and I said, right, I need to hear your voice, God. And he gave me the scripture. He gave me the 2 Corinthians 12 scripture, which we all know really well. And he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in the So that really wasn't what i wanted what i wanted to hear in that moment so i continued to wrestle with him (laughs) and i pushed back i'm like that's not what i wanted to hear from you right now and he said it to me again and then i kept quiet and i thought right he's obviously got something he needs to say and he showed me a really clear picture and i'm actually going to try to demonstrate it for you today so can i ask peter if you can come up to help me and Eddie? Yeah. So if you can stand in front, Eddie, if you can come stand behind Peter. Hold that. Hold that. Stand close behind him. Behind him. Can you see Eddie? You're not supposed to see Eddie. <laughs> That's why you chose me to come yes. and Okay, got it. Got it. While, while I was prepping, I'm like, who's, who's I'm going to get you back one day. On Don't church? you worry. <laughs> so I was, I was lying there. Who can I use? Who's the tallest guy? Okay, you can turn it around. Show them. Turn yours around. And God showed me that this was actually what I was seeing. So when I would look at a person, No, you can't show (laughs) me. I should not have chosen (laughs) A. I chose you for your size. (laughs) And when I was looking at people, this is what I would see first. Yeah. And then God said to me that behind the sin, there's always something behind the sin. Want to stand in front? In front. And then God showed me this. And he showed me that mostly sin is as a result of brokenness. And I needed to start seeing people like this first. And he said to me in this moment, almost audibly, he said to me, if my grace is sufficient for you and I am strongest in your weakness, then your grace needs to be sufficient for them and you need to be strongest in their weakness. Thanks. Mm. It's good to be Yeah. So thank you. you. So he didn't remind me of my sins in that moment. He actually just reminded me that I needed to see people differently. And I said to God in that moment, I was like, Well, how do I do that? I don't know any different way. And he said to me this he said, You see them with the love of the Father's heart. And with, the new, and with new lenses. And it was almost in that moment that I had an open heart surgery and God gave me new lenses to see people differently. And that changed my life forever. And that, was, that is how I was able to step into the prayer ministry that I do do, um, is with that transformation. And it's still work in progress. I don't get it right every day. And I still feel God still works on me every day in that area. But what I love about God is that when He gives us an in, an instruction in in the Word, like He has told us to love one another um, as He has loved us, He always gives us a way to do that. And He always shows us gives us a solution on how we can actually walk in that path. And He shows us in Proverbs four hundred twenty three, he says, Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. So it is our responsibility to guard our hearts and to keep our hearts clear of anger, clear of bitterness, and clear of judgment, clear of unforgiveness, and to fill our hearts with the love of God. So why is this message relevant for now? And to go back to the title of my message, so what's love got to do with it? So as I mentioned earlier, it's something that God has really laid on my heart over the last two to three months, I would say. So I've been pressing into here, what what is God trying to say in in this season? And we've all heard the prophetic word spoken over South Africa, that revival is coming. But when a prophetic word is released like that, there are conditions to a word, right? And I actually get the feeling that revival is starting to break out in South Africa now. I've seen it tangibly. We've seen it in the kinds of people that are coming into the prayer ministry space. Um, and I really feel an urgency in the spiritual realm for the church to get ready for this. Because has anyone actually thought about what revival looks like? Can anyone share with me? What does it practically look like in the physical? Has anyone thought about what it looks like? Eddie lots of salvations and people coming in to Mm. seek more of god and want more of him Mm. anyone else want to add to that i just see light revival coming into the light from darkness Mm. yeah people coming out of the darkness into the light so has anyone thought about what those people actually look like and where they've come from they're not people that have been spending time in church communities (laughs) They are not people who know the hearts of the Father. They just have this urgency to find Him. Yeah. And who is going to be receiving them? We need to be receiving them. So how do we receive them? You know? So they'll be coming into the churches with really dark pasts and really dark stories. And we need to position ourselves to receive them with no judgment and no condemnation. And with the heart of the father and it's our responsibility to almost be Jesus to them with unconditional love thankfully it's not our responsibility to make revival happen God's already got that yeah he's already got got that in the in the bag all we need to be is ready to love those people back to life and love them into the light of heaven so that they can have complete transformation in their lives. So I thought I was gonna run out of time, but it's actually gone quicker than I thought. Um, But to to sort of end off, I wanna close off with 1 Corinthians 13, one, two, three. three. it says, if I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love, I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge and if I have a faith that can move a mountain but do not have the love, I have nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and I give over my body to hardship, that I may boast but do not have love, I gain nothing. In 1 Corinthians 13 verse 8 it says love never fails. But where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be still. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. And then in 1 Corinthians 13:13 13, 13, it says, And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. And while I was preparing, I started preparing and praying into this word about two weeks ago. And um, I love how God works. Um, one of the pastors that I follow on Facebook, Craig rochelle and out of the blue, so he he posts this, these words on Facebook. He said, "We don't change people by judging them; we change people by loving them." Yeah. Amen. So it, that is kind of, <laughs> That was kind of what I had on my heart to share. I know it's short and sweet but there were a lot of scriptures in there and um yeah so if i could just pray for everyone that would be good yeah lord so we just thank you we just thank you that you love us on unconditionally so lord we just ask you for renewing of our hearts yeah for those hearts heart transplants lord jesus to love like you love and for those new lenses to see like you see yeah. And Lord, we thank you that we are we're a church that is getting ready to receive, to, to receive the lost and to usher them into the kingdom of heaven. Yeah. We thank you, Lord, for your wisdom and for your guidance on how to do that. Yeah. We thank you, Lord, that you will show us how to how to love one another as you have loved us. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thanks, guys. Do you want to add anything, Peter? Great. That's really wonderful. Thank you. Thank you.